My favorite quote is, stuff happens, it's all about the recovery. Hi, you're listening to the LaunchCast with Sun Yen, where we help you define your inner champion. On today's episode, you'll hear from John Tisch. John is a co-chairman of the Board of Lowe's Corporation and chairman and CEO of its subsidiary, Lowe's Hotels. Listen for John's insights on the importance of moving forward despite your mistakes. Enjoy! So John, let's help the listeners get to know you real fast. If I really knew you, I would know. If you really knew me, you would be aware of how I respect the history of this organization and how I use the past to think about the future and how I believe in the importance of team members, of working together, of messaging, and ensuring that our business has a soul and a purpose. Oh, I love that. So in terms of the past, that's something that we don't think about often enough, right? We're so future-oriented. But in order to have a futuristic look, we actually have to understand the past and our traditions. So can you talk a little bit, share with us a tradition from your organization that helps propel you forward? For us at Lowe's Corporation, and I am honored to run the company with my two cousins, and I am co-chairman of the board of Lowe's Corporation with my cousin Andrew, and his brother Jim is president and CEO of Lowe's Corporation. The founding businesses that led to what is today Lowe's Corp, a publicly traded company, go back to the summer camp business in New Jersey in the late 40s, and then hotels in New Jersey and Florida in the 50s, and today it's Lowe's Corporation. And we have learned from our father and uncle and our mother and my aunt and their parents that you treat people with respect, that you learn to listen, that you protect the downside, that you do your homework, and that you not everything is going to go as exactly as planned. You learn from your mistakes, and you move forward. So part of that learning from one's mistakes or being able to, that resilience, being able to get back up, I think a lot of times in our, in our vocabulary today, we think about resilience as an individual thing. But I think that's not the complete picture, that we are resilient because of one another, that we get up or we're successful because of others before us. How have your parents and your family played in making you the person that you are in terms of the values and the perspective and outlooks? We have been very fortunate to learn from our family members who went before us, who created what is today Lowe's Corporation. This is an organization with five operating subsidiaries, and we learned early on that you have a commitment to your own success, but incumbent upon that is to create success for others. Mm. It was the subject of my first book, The Power of We, Succeeding Through Partnerships, understanding who your various constituencies are and learning how to relate to them. Not everything is going to work out, so it's important to analyze what happens, not point figures, and use that knowledge to move forward and hope that through challenges, you are better poised to accept opportunity the next time. And that's it's very important to have that sense of, of teamwork. And as I say all the time, 
It's being generous of spirit. Mm-hmm. It, and, and the term that I don't love using is giving back. The way I look at it is understanding one's responsibility in the community. Mm. And those are the values that we live by at Lowe's Hotels and Lowe's Corporation. And certainly as with my wife, I raised three children. Mm. So, you know, you talk about things going wrong at times, but being able to learn from that. And you're a born storyteller. I mean, you started off your career after Tufts in in the production business, right? Film production and such. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us a story of where things had gone wrong and how you got back up from that? Because I think for every champion, there has you're defined by how you've gone up from your from your um, challenges. When I graduated from Tufts University in 1976, I became a cinematographer producer for WBZ TV in Boston. In those days, it was the NBC affiliate. And I taught myself how to shoot and edit film. And this was at the period where the industry was switching to videotape. Mm. So then I made that transition also. And there were many shows that I did as sort of an amateur rookie freshman in the TV industry. That really didn't work, and I was fortunate to have people who were teaching me how to document life and how to tell a story who were patient, and they said, this edit doesn't work or this shot is out of context. And those kinds of of input became very important for me, and I still use it today. Uh, I liken the lodging industry to the entertainment industry, and our images are made up of carpets and mm-hmm. stones and food and, and fitness centers. And, and taken out of context, might not mean much as to what a pillow looks like in the lobby or a particular shade of the carpet, but they are all part of the image that you are presenting, and our image is different than our much larger competitors. Mm. So I think learning early on uh, about constructive criticism, about mentors, about knowing your craft and not being able to be swayed by somebody who is trying to take you off your foundation can become very important later in life, especially as you become a leader in an organization and people look to you for the same guidance and skills that you learn from others earlier in your career. Do you have a favorite mentor that you want to share? Well, certainly my father was very much a mentor. Uh, We shared uh, a similar understanding of the lodging industry at 64 years old now. I've worked in hotels my entire life, except Mm -hmm. for my couple years at WBZ and certainly my education through a variety of different schools. And so my father, and I would say that my mother was very much a mentor in terms of understanding our responsibility in the community and working with talented men and women to create a, a, a life where people can be proud no matter what their station is. And when you have parents like I had, and sadly they're both uh, a blessed memory, but that made it easy for my siblings and myself to incorporate those ideals in what we think is important beyond the boardroom. That's beautiful. And family plays such a – I mean, ever since I've known you – I've always known how much of a role family, how important family is to you. And one something I've always thought about is as we enter into the workplace, what if we treat our 
team members the way we treat our family members with the same type of care with the same type of love right that that where we're looking at their individual talents and finding the right place for that talent to flourish and you mentioned you have three kids um how how do you you know how do you think about leadership and parenting well certainly trying to incorporate a strong value system mm-hmm. into everything that you do whether it's in your if this is how you uh, find yourself working whether it's in your for-profit life your not-for-profit life your pro bono life your community work values matter and having a sense of purpose matters and having a soul matters in every organization no matter what you do no matter if you're five team members or as we are at Lowe's Hotel 10,000 team members and growing or even larger than that every organization is a living being mm. and, and the climate that you create has a lot to do with your success and and even in a for-profit world where you might be running a public company like my cousins and I are you have to make decisions every single day many times a day that are in the best interest of the organization but hopefully you'll do it in the context of understanding that you can't do it by yourself and you have to depend on others for the your personal success and the success of your organization I love that so as you think about your team members what do you look for you know just for the listeners who are entering into their careers you know coach k said something about the importance of getting on the right bus with the right people with good people so what do you look for in terms of the people you bring on the bus with you in terms of your team members certainly want people that will be complementary in terms of their skill set to our organization that they can fill in need we know that not that not everybody is going to be a career team member. Uh, we are fortunate that we have men and women that have been with us 20 plus years, but we also have people that have been with us for two or three months. Mm. We hope that they stay with us and we want to keep growing to give them opportunities so that they can take the next step in their career, but that's difficult and it, that needs that requires capital to keep mm. growing. And those are balances that have to be made in terms of investing in the future mm. running existing organizations there is a bottom line responsibility especially when you are the steward for a public company where you have shareholders involved and you never want to mortgage the future and hopefully you make decisions that are in the best interest of the organization and try to to create an environment where everybody knows their role and that they feel welcome wanted and that you are giving them the tools for them to do their particular role and grow if that's what they choose to do. You have such a strong sense of stewardship with this organization. Um you know, I remember there's a line from Downton Abbey. I don't know if you've watched Downton Abbey, but there's a I, line I I I I watch very much. Okay, so there's a there's a line from Downton Abbey where the earl who has been a steward of this remarkable institution, he said Downton Abbey It's his third parent and fourth child, you know. And uh, <laughs> and I'm and I could almost almost substitute for John Tish, Lowe's Corporation. It's your third parent and fourth child. What makes you ex- what makes you energized and excited to go to work every day? I get excited about the the future, mm. but I'm also keenly aware of how the past and the present are 
precursors to the commitment we are making to the future. Mm. So our industry is competitive. It is very mature. And I say that in the context that there are great hotel companies, but they're continuing to grow. There are always new flags. There are always new ways of looking at the industry. Technology has a huge impact on the travel and tourism industry, especially especially our aspect of it, lodging. And so that's a big responsibility. And I get excited because I look forward to working with women and men that are good at what they do. And we have some exciting projects that are very much going to impact us, hopefully in a positive way going forward. And with 10,000 team members, that number will grow by 50% over the next two or three years. And wow. we, have, we have partners that are committed to the same kind of, of unique, one-of-a-kind hotels with a soul that we are. And so that, that's exciting. It's a lot of work. And when you're in the hotel business, you travel a lot. Yes. But I'm always pleased to listen to the ideas and and share, hopefully, a value system with our team members. Well, you're also special in that ever since I've known you, I've always been, I've always admired that you have a curious mind, right? So you see yeah. what where others might see challenges as challenges, you see them as opportunities for innovation. And I think that's what, whether innovating with others um, and innovating with others, meaning both your team members and your customers, I think that's what makes it exciting for you as well. The last question is, what advice will you give the 21-year-old John Tisch? So I'm fortunate that I get to speak on college campuses all over the country and meet with men and women who, whether they're about to complete their undergraduate work or their graduate work, have a very bright future. Mm -hmm. And you ask what I would tell a future John Tisch? Yep. Uh, There are two very important lessons. One is listen. Stop talking and listen. Listen to what people have to say. In a sense, get over yourself <laughs> and uh, have the, the moment to really steep in what people might offer and they've gone down a similar path before you. Listening is very, very important. I would say also networking. Make sure that you meet with as many members of the community or people that are in an industry that you're interested in. Because once again, it's part of listening. Everybody has an opinion, and people can be helpful. Mm. And then when I started back at Lowe's Hotels in January of 1980, 38 years ago, I got a lesson from a person who was my boss. I was a sales rep, and the head of sales and marketing told me, and this is so true, Never start a paragraph with the word I. Mm. And what you would think in those days, obviously, it was through correspondence that uh, was written on a typewriter. And today it's through email, text, Twitter, Instagram. When you start with an I, then you are immediately indicating that you're more important than the person that you are corresponding with. Mm. And so if you think about it, Try to put yourself in a different place and find another way to start a paragraph to communicate a thought 
but don't start with the word I. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, John. Um, Beautiful advice. (laughs) As you think about today's episode, here's something to reflect on. John is responsible for making impactful decisions that affect an entire organization. He says that in serving the best interests of the corporation, it's important at times to quiet your own voice and listen to others, remembering that you're part of a greater team. What are areas in your own life where you can let others' voices guide you in the right direction? That's it for today's episode. Special thanks to Tanya Reardon, Richard Vargo, and Angela Moon for producing this episode, Teju Ajasa for the technical support, and Lucas Tischler for the music. See you again soon.